the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump says he's happy to oblige areas he claims want more illegal immigrants. California certainly is always saying, oh, we want more people. And they want more people in their sanctuary cities. Well, we'll give them more people. We can give them a lot. We can give them an unlimited supply. And let's see if they're so happy. They say we have open arms. They're always saying they have open arms. Let's see if they have open arms. At the White House on Friday, the president stood alongside high-tech leaders announcing the rollout of the nation's 5G network. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai says it's going to change lives. From precision agriculture to smart transportation networks to telemedicine and more, we want Americans to be the first to benefit from this new digital revolution. And the experts say 5G will mean faster wireless speeds and has implications for technology like self-driving cars and augmented reality as well. This is SRN New. Do you have a pressure washer in your shop that takes diesel fuel or kerosene? Are you tired of filling that tank every day? A stationary pressure washer that heats the water with natural gas or electricity from American Pressure is a great solution. Call us to discover all the ways a new stationary machine could benefit your business. We are always glad to come out to you, look at your current setup, and make recommendations. That new stationary unit will hook up to your existing natural gas line, which will save you both the cost of fuel as well as the time and effort and mess of refueling a pressure washer. The pressure washer will exhaust through the roof of your building or out the sidewall. And if it's an all-electric unit, there will be no exhaust stack at all. In addition, we've got all the right accessories to go with your machine, including trolley systems, hose reels, wands, trigger guns, and everything you need to make the cleaning job as easy and safe as it can be. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, Think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. The following program was pre recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Dr. King Banyan, as he shows you economic charts, graphs, and other visual aids you can't see on the radio here on Business 1440. Capitalism is, is not um, immoral, it's amoral. It requires our instruction, 
Capitalism has taken more people out of poverty than any other ism, but it is a wild beast, and if not tamed, it can chew up a lot of people. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. So, rainy day. Welcome back, second hour of the show. In the first hour, we uh, went around the United States uh, looking at the economic data, and then we eventually landed in Asia. Of course, Brexit is still going on. Prime. Theresa May is still Prime Minister at this moment. And at this moment, at this particular moment, Brexit occurs on April 12th. The conditions for the longer deadline to May 22nd have not been met. There is a meeting of the European Union on Wednesday, on the 10th, that will determine, in fact, whether or not whether or not they get another extension or whether they allow them to just go go away um and indeed uh theresa may received this is from the times of london um reading reading from the times of london this morning uh brexit talks between theresa may and jeremy corbyn broke down last night as france warned that britain risked crashing out of the eu in a disorderly manner Labor sources accuse the Prime Minister of negotiating in bad faith after Downing Street sent the party an outline deal that offered no concessions to its central demand to its central demand for a customs union with the EU. Uh, Keir Starmer, the shadow Brexit secretary, meaning he's Labor, okay, said it's clear that Mrs. May was not countenancing any changes to the political direct declaration that she negotiated with the EU in December. Compromise requires change. We need change if we're going to compromise. Well, thank you. That's thank you, Captain Obvious. Um, however, it should be pointed out the EU gets to say whether or not they'll agree to the changes that Labour is trying to extract from um, from them. So let me uh, uh, so let me scroll down the piece. This is just about four hours ago. Amélie de Montchalin, the uh, French Secretary of State for European Affairs, said that. Any extension required Britain to have a plan with credible political backing, quote unquote. She added, quote, in, a, in the absence of such a plan, we would have to acknowledge that the UK chose to leave the EU in a disorderly manner. Unquote. Senior French, Dutch, and German politicians lined up yesterday to attack the Prime Minister's request for an extension to the Article 50 process until June 30, claiming that it made no sense and was motivated by the dynamics of Westminster politics. Bruno Le Maire, the French, prime, French finance minister, said President Macron would only agree to pr- Mrs. May's request for a further extension if she presented a plan that had a credible chance of being approved by Parliament. If we are not able to understand the reason why the UK is asking for an extension, we cannot give a positive answer. So there's a summit on the 10th, and based, and and there's now a deadline being applied. So here's the question. Here's the question. 
They're saying you have to be able to get your deal through Parliament. You told us you could get the deal back in November through Parliament, and you've proven three times you can't. If you want to get an extension from us, we need to know why are we going to believe you this time. The only person that probably can help Theresa May give that that piece of, of uh, explanation, if she wants to leave with a deal, is in fact Jeremy Corbyn. Now, if that's true, here's how that's going to end up looking. A Corbyn deal, a Corbyn-influenced deal, means that they're in a customs union. Now, a customs union simply means that, that there's an agreement not to charge customs on goods and services that trade between the United Kingdom and the European Union. This means, though, that in order to be in that that union, you have two conditions. One, you have to agree to pretty much all of the regulations that the EU currently provides. Corbyn likes this because this means that all of the workers' rights pieces, all of the environmental regulations that the EU insists upon, would have to be maintained by by the United Kingdom. So his fingerprints wouldn't be on them. But he would want to be. But he would get something he seriously wants. Second of all, and this is really telling, Corbyn himself, although many of his Labour backbenchers have said they want the second referendum, Corbyn and May agree that they don't want it. Theresa May has not said in any strong form that she's absolutely diametrically opposed to the customs union. That's what the Brexiteers, that's what the Boris Johnsons and Jacob Rees-Moggs are fighting over. They don't want a customs union. They don't want common market 2.0. They want to be free. This is the problem with the customs union. They want to be free to negotiate trade deals with other countries, including the United States, separate from the EU. The customs union, or even the common market 2.0, will not give them the ability to do that. They also want to be, have further restrictions on the acceptance of workers from other countries. That actually seems to be also a common feature between Corbyn and May. Meaning this, there's a lot of places where they can find agreement. And I think sometime between now and Wednesday, May and Corbin are going to, it's going to come out that May and Corbin have an agreed draft. The problem being, they may not be able to deliver enough votes from their two major parties to have it happen. That still might not be enough. Because it doesn't stop the Northern Ireland backstop, necessarily. Unless they can prove that, those ten votes from uh, from Northern Ireland, from the Democratic Ulster Party, the DUP, would not happen. And it's not clear that the Scottish National Party, which has a block of over 40 votes, would vote for it either. You have the Independent Party saying they're stepped aside. So you need 330 votes. Of a, you need 300 and you need 300, and, given the resignations, 318 votes in Parliament to pass the measure. 
if everybody votes. You need 318. You have about 70 votes tied up in various, 70 to 80 votes, 74 votes, I think is the number, in minority parties, all of whom seem to not like this grand alliance between May and Corbyn. The Brexiteers don't want to vote for this deal, and if they vote for something that, that Corbyn, if they vote, if the Corbyn-May deal comes out and includes a customs union or common market 2-0, um, uh, they will vote, the Brexiteers will vote against it, and that probably causes about 70 additional votes to flake off. You now have two sets of calculations that need to be made, one by each party. There's another group of, of Tories who probably favor a, a tighter relationship, might not, be, might not get heartburn over a, over a customs union, but simply do not want there to be any way in which Corbyn be, can become the prime minister and will vote against the deal to keep Corbyn away from the levers of power. On the other side, people in labor are looking at this and looking at Corbyn like, what are you doing? You're giving a lifeline to our opponent. If this continues, if we end up crashing out of the EU, yeah, there'll be damage to the economy, but the next thing that's going to happen is going to be a general election, and they're going into the wilderness for a while. We're going to be the people in power. Don't throw her a lifeline that allows them to maybe slide by uh, a, a snap election and get to the next general elections not till 20, 2021 or tw- I think it's 2021 or even 2022 when they have their next elections. Don't do that. We want, we want the elections and we want them now because labor will never be weaker than it is at this particular moment. I mean, excuse me, the Tories will never be weaker than they are at this particular moment. The reason Corbyn doesn't want an election right now is he's not sure he's going to be the leader taking them into that election. He needs time to mend his fences. May wants time to to mend her fences. So neither of them, neither of them are going to be, be anxious to have a second election. That is different from a, a second referendum. And here, I think I talked about this last week, but I'll remind, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you what I think the way I think this will happen. In, in the 1960s, during the formation of the European common market, the first common market, uh, it, it, Britain twice approached the European common market, the European powers, and said, we would like to join your common market, may we? In both times... France, led at that time by Charles de Gaulle, a, a, a Gaullist, okay, someone who is very, uh, anyway, almost like the original French nationalist. Well, maybe Bonaparte was the original French nationalist, but, but Charles de Gaulle, strong nationalist, said, no, Britain and Europe are fundamentally different. You may not join. The third time, the British government, not through a vote, but, but, but the government itself went to the Europeans a third time and said, may we join the common market. At this point, de Gaulle had passed away. 
and his successor said, yeah, sure, why not? So they joined the common market. They waited about six months, and then they, then the government of the UK put forward a bill and passed a bill calling for a referendum. The referendum to confirm the decision that the government has made to join the common market. So they didn't ask permission. They basically said, well, we did this. Are you, are you good with it? I think that's what's going to happen this time. The referendum will be truly confirmatory. Government has the power to put them into whatever relationship, a common market, a customs union, a common market, or to crash out. They do not need voters to act again. They voted in 2016 and gave their opinion. They can move forward. But it sounds like what they'll do is they'll move forward, and I think both sides are interested in having a vote after the fact. But this is not 1975, and, I, and, and as I was talking about with the class the other night, do we have any idea what happens if May and Corbin should agree to a deal, write it up, enact it, and then go to the people for a confirmatory referendum, and it fails? What happens then? The answer? Well, I don't know. Nobody knows what happens then. But I warned, I, I, I warned my friends in, in Britain, this isn't 1975. I know how it went then. Not likely to go that same way this time. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Relief Factor is made from high-quality fish oil and essential nutrients. Gives your body the help it needs to aid fighting recurring aches and pains. When life's aches and pains get you down, you need relief. Physicians made Relief Factor as an essential way to support the body's fight against aches and pains. It's a remarkable product. It has worked. I only endorse it because it helped my wife with her knee pain. I didn't even know she was taking it. Then when it was mentioned, she said, oh yeah, this stuff is is like magic. Look, there are people who've told me they've postponed or delayed or simply negated surgery because of Relief Factor. That's how powerful it is. Go to www.relieffactor.com, that's relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, that's 800-500-8384. This remarkable product is called Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. So proud to be associated with the Mike Murphy team with EXP Realty. And with us is Sharon Murphy. So great to have you here, Sharon. Well, thanks, Lee. We're excited to work with the Patriot and your listeners. So tell us, what makes EXP Realty so different? Well, EXP is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and over-promises of many other real estate agents. Who can blame them? We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you'll speak to me or my husband, Mike, not an inexperienced team member. That's great. So how do we get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. 
So if you're thinking of selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with EXP Realty, 651-216-7870 or online at MikeMurphyTeam.com. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. You almost hate to just interrupt that, don't you? It's, a, it's like, it's the only reason I've never used classical music as bumper music has been, has been, it's like you don't know where to break in. Whereas for popular songs, there's usually like a ramp to a chorus or something, and you can just, you can just grab in right there. Uh, but, um... Good stuff. I, I actually going to have to miss a concert next weekend because I'm, tr- I will be traveling uh, over over next weekend. Uh, we'll let you know what's happened on the show. If it, if if Brexit happens in a disorderly fashion, wild horses could not get me away from a microphone. I cannot tell you how much we're actually. We'll probably end up doing an emergency taping uh, if that happens. Um, uh, Andrew and John have been warned about this. Uh, we'll have to do that. Otherwise, we we'll probably we'll probably tape a little bit and and give you an hour of a replay and and figure that out. But we're we, but uh, we're we're going to have to call an audible here probably on Wednesday or Thursday of this coming week to figure out how we're going to how we're going to deal with what's happening in the UK. I'm just not I'm not positive how that's going to I'm not positive how everything's going to turn out there. But um, I find. I, I find what's happening there absolutely fascinating. Is I'm, I, I've tweeted a couple of links to you. The, the piece I was just reading from the Times of London uh, from this morning about uh, what the, the EU is saying, okay? And I do believe, I just want, I, I'll just say, I, it's been my longstanding belief that the EU and Theresa May have been coordinating their messages to try to put pressure on various portions of Parliament to decide whether or not uh, to to try to get to the deal. The EU clearly would just like acceptance of the deal they negotiated in November. I thought it was fascinating. So this week, by a single vote, Commons voted, the House of Commons voted to, to ask for the June 30 extension, which is why Theresa May issued the letter. There has to be a, a, a confirmatory vote taken in in lords 
which normally just rubber stamps everything. They have been stalling like crazy. And there were debates, and there was I, I was watching a little bit. I don't, I don't think I've ever watched a debate in Lords before. Because they're usually, usually sort of uh, way too polite and boring affairs. There were some elbows being thrown in Lords on Thursday. But uh, I, I should have. I guess I should have sent the, some taping tape of that to uh, Andrew to play for you because it was, it was basically about as close to uh, "Hey, let's step out back" uh, that you'll ever hear two peers say to each other in a, in a meeting. I thought it was <laughs> it was really quite fascinating. Um, they, they can't really stop that, and 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 so what's happening now is just the usual bickering over how much of my customs union idea. Will I get in, Corbin says. But so they're all saying that May's not giving them any real changes to the documents. And sh- they have to remember that May, May is, in fact, constrained by what, ca- what can she get the uh, European Union to agree to on this late date. Um, she's Time's running out. I expect that uh, whatever, whatever decisions they arrive at, they'll arrive at this either this weekend or sometime Monday evening. Uh, so we'll... We'll we'll know more in about in about uh, twenty four hours. Uh, it's to be in about forty eight hours from now. I I thought this was interesting. I'm gonna. I need to open up a. I need to open up another file here. Uh, this is the uh, Jamie Dimon is the CEO of J P Morgan, and like uh we always do we always like to read the newsletters i always read i always read the shareholders report and the ceo's letter from amazon to read jeff bezos i always read the berkshire hathaway one to read warren buffett and i always read the jamie diamond letter from jp morgan i think there are two parts of this that i would read to you uh on on challenges facing the bank Eight, we are prepared for, though we are not predicting, a recession. Um, the key point here is that a fairly healthy U.S. economy will be confronting a wide range of issues in 2020 and 2021. It's hard to look at all the issues facing the world and not think that the range of possible outcomes is broader and the odds of bad outcomes might be increasing. We agree. And certain factors like confidence, which we know is important, can be easily damaged by bad policy, unexpected events, or even high market volatility. The next recession may not resemble prior recessions. Next time, the cause may be just the cumulative effect of negative factors, the proverbial last straw on the camel's back. And that's indeed, that, that, I agree with Diamond almost 100% on this point. You have to, okay, so if you're, if you're the age I am in your 60s, and you, so you're, you've got a retirement portfolio, and you're thinking about it, you just, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, the number looks pretty good. I think you have to figure out how to mitigate risk. You've got to figure out how to hedge your risk in some ways. But you also have to recognize that the economy probably has a good, good time to run. And that your ability to sniff out the next recession by relying on one or two key indicators, like a yield curve or like a gold price or, or whatever that, that key indicator is, the number, the underwear sales from Haynes and Fruit of the Loom, which was a Alan Greenspan uh, concoction, 
I'm not kidding about this. This is actually in, in the biographies of Alan Greenspan. He would call, he'd call production managers uh, at those two companies and figure out, are people buying more or less underwear? And use that as a statement of how the economy was doing. And whatever that measure is that you use, it's not clear it's going to work this time. It's an extraordinarily long expansion. There's a number of negative issues blowing out there. I, I mean, heck, I'm talking about elections in Thailand, which I think is a first here on the King Banyan Show, which is rapidly approaching its 10-year anniversary. Yeah, it's sometime, sometime, uh, sometime late in this year. We'll have been on the we'll have been on the air on we'll be in on business fourteen forty here that for ten years we're here almost from the start of business from business fourteen forty not not Salem having this particular stick but the business format is almost ten years old here that that's and and pay attention to that it's important anyway that was one thing he he writes in in, in the piece but I I want to talk about. A particular a particular part of this that drew a lot of attention. This was, and I'll, I've tweeted I've tweeted a story about this to you uh, before, but I want to talk want to talk a little bit more about this because he starts on page forty five of a fifty page shareholder letter. Ugh, can you imagine? Yes, I read the whole thing because I read. Like I said I only read about about four or five of these. And three of them are, are are companies that you would know very well: Amazon, J.P. Morgan, and Berkshire Hathaway. No, I'm not telling you the other two. They're two companies that I that I own stock in. I'll just leave it at that. And I never talk about companies in which I own stock on the air. Titled "Is Capitalism to Blame? Is Socialism Better?" There is no question that capitalism has been the most successful economic system the world has ever seen. It has lifted billions of people out of poverty. It's helped enhance the wealth, health, and education of people around the world. Capitalism enables competition, innovation, and choice. That is not to say that capitalism does not have flaws, that it isn't leaving people behind, and that it shouldn't be improved. It's essential to have a strong social safety net. And all countries should be striving for continuous improvement in regulations as well as social and welfare conditions. Many countries are called social democracies, and they successfully combine market economies with strong social safety nets. This is completely different from traditional socialism. In a traditional socialist system, the government controls the means of production and decides what to produce and in what quantities, and often how and where the citizens work rather than leaving those decisions in the hands of the private sector. When governments control companies, economic assets over time are used to further political interests, leading to inefficient companies and markets, enormous favoritism, and corruption. As Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money. Socialism inevitably produces stagnation, corruption, and often worse, such as authoritarian government officials officials who often have an increasing ability to interfere with both the economy and individual lives, which they frequently do to maintain power. This would be as much a disaster for our country as has been in the other places it's been tried. I am not an advocate for unregulated, unvarnished, free-for-all capitalism. Few people I know are. (coughs) 
But we should forget that true freedom and free enterprise, capitalism, are at some point inexorably linked. Bravo. But is he a flawed messenger for this? We'll talk about that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Did you know that 45% of consumers look at your online reviews, comments, and feedback to decide if they want to do business with you and your company? I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, and I want to introduce you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for your local business. Salem Surround can help your company get the most out of their online reviews and reputation. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. I'm a trained lawyer. I went to law school, and I have found that has actually been a disadvantage. My name is Alan. I am a current student at the OTA office in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I'm a retired district court judge, and when I decided to retire, I'd always had an interest in financial markets. I had done quite a bit of research, read up on OTA a lot. I think I had a pretty good idea of what to expect. The actual class itself was more impressive than I even anticipated. I mean, after I attended that half-hour class, I was absolutely 100% sold. It's almost like a light bulb goes off. You start following your rules. You recognize the mistakes you shouldn't uh, make, and you stop making them. I feel like I've actually turned a corner. I'm actually on a great path. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this. And I think a lot of people get scared away from the financial markets because they don't think they're smart enough, and nothing could be further from the truth. Call OTA at pound 250 on your cell phone for a free investing workshop or register at learnwithota.com. Blue Ox Heating and Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Blue Ox has a legendary deal for you. When you purchase a high-efficiency furnace, you'll get an air conditioner free. You heard that right. A free air conditioner with the purchase of a high-efficiency furnace, giving you the comfort you deserve. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care.
Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. I haven't given the phone number in this entire thing. I can't believe that. I just realized. 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477. Yes, we'll take a call or two. Don't worry about that. So Jamie Dimon, in the middle of a, a 50-page um, shareholder uh, letter in, in in the annual report of uh, J.P. Morgan, um, goes on uh, about a 300-word, 350-word uh uh, piece about uh, about socialism, and critics were fairly quick to point out, "Hey, you know, didn't you get a big bailout during TARP?" The answer, which is yes, J.P. Morgan received twenty five billion dollars in TARP money during the financial crisis. Bad, right? Really bad. However, one should remember. That they were not, they were in fact required. This piece, which I'll send to you, this was the Associated Press, May 15th, 2009. So this is 10 years ago, right? The chief executives of the country's nine largest banks had no choice but to accept capital infusions from the Treasury Department in October. Government documents released Wednesday have confirmed. Obtained and released by Judicial Watch, a nonpartisan educational foundation. The documents revealed, quote, talking points, unquote, used by then-Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson during the October 13 meeting between federal, federal officials and the executives that stressed the investments would be required, quote, in any circumstance, unquote, whether the banks found them appealing or not. Paulson also told the bankers it was would not be prudent to opt out of the program because doing so, quote, would leave you vulnerable and exposed, unquote. It's no secret, this is the AP, it's no secret, uh, writ- but written by Sarah LaPro, um, it's no secret that some of the banks had to be pressured to participate, with several CEOs saying that they had been strongly encouraged to take the funds. But the documents, but the documents are the first proof of the government's insistence. Scrolling down just a little bit. Paulson's spokeswoman, who was the top, was a top aide when Paulson was at Treasury, yesterday said Secretary Paulson was not one to read talking points at meetings. Doesn't deny that they existed. So, point being, if you want to blame J.P. Morgan and Jamie Dimon for taking TARP money, remember, many of the banks were compelled to do it by Treasury. Reserve, Geithner and Paulson and Bernanke, those who are now been out doing victory laps for uh, for defeating the Great Recession, they were compelled to do that. Be- why? Because they didn't want investors to know which banks were in trouble, which banks weren't in trouble. Right. If you give the money only to the banks that need it, then the fact that your bank took the money shows that you're a bank that's in trouble, and that would lead to a run on your bank. So to cover the tracks, to cover their tracks, they had to put money around to all of them. And said, yeah, you can pay us back later. Which, which Diamond did. 
Now, it's also pointed out, pointed out in uh, a piece written uh, at AEI, um, I don't remember who wrote this, uh, Jim, Jim Pethokoukas, but he also notes that, that, um, that they had to, that uh, J.P. Morgan settled a lawsuit, uh, set a lawsuit in 2013 for mortgage lending practices, for bad mortgage lending practices. But remember, uh, I pointed out in the Washington Post, J.P. Morgan took on all of the debt, all of the instruments uh, and legal exposures from agreeing to buy Bear Stearns and Washington Mutual. Who sold those off? The Treasury the, the Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, FDIC. All run by experts. Now, this leads me to my last point, and I actually picked to talking about Diamond because I, not because I was wanted to talk about the socialism piece, but I wanted to talk about this this particular part. And in this, I have to I have to do a confession. I've been I've been enjoying uh, exchanging uh, tweets with Don uh, during the breaks about our experiences with calculators and slide rules and and difference equations uh, while we were while we were both in college and grad school. Um, when I wrote my, I, I was in grad school beginning in seventy in nineteen seventy nine. I mentioned that I, I mentioned my chemistry my chemistry final misadventure when I had to switch back to the slide rule from the from the calculator before. Um, in the early nineteen eighties, I'm a young graduate student. Um, after my first year, but after my first year of call, of grad school, I got married, came back. And they assigned me to a different person to uh, be my, to be the person I worked for as a grad assistant, who was the department chair at the time, Tom Willett. Um, Tom Tom is one of the I, two people I re, I refer to as my mentors in my professional life. The other being the first department chair here when I got hired, Bill Luxetich. It won't be a secret to you if you look if you look at the if you ever look at my resume or or my publications, all of which are online, you'll see. Tom and Bill's hands, uh, fingerprints over both of them. I mean, they're 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 the two people in my life that really helped me become uh, become the economist that that I've become uh, more than any more than any two other people. Um, Tom at the time was in, engaged in some research on thinking about central banks. Now, Tom had spent time as a tr- as an undersecretary himself, or deputy undersecretary at the Treasury, so he was. He was one of those people thought of as an expert. He and I, in, so he and another fellow at the at the who he had worked with at Treasury, who at that point was at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, were thinking about how to demonstrate the value of having central banks like the Federal Reserve be independent of political pressure. You can see where I'm going with the Herman Cain and Steve Moore story now. And they invited me to participate in the research with them, in essence, to do all of the all of the econometric work, statistical work for them. Remember, I learned how to do it on a piece of paper and on a calculator. We didn't have we didn't have Excel. We didn't have Lotus one two three when I started this, so it had to all be done on a mainframe into which I was at least no longer having to feed cards. I could actually create run streams. And hold files inside inside an old deck computer. I'm doing this for you, Don. You're going to love all these old references. Um, and 
And I did all those runs. The point being, there were at that point three central banks which were in, which were to varying degrees independent of government control in the industrialized world. They were West Germany with the Bundesbank, the Swiss National Bank, and the Federal Reserve of the United States. The research we did using using statistical analysis, regression analysis demonstrated those three central banks holding everything else constant provided better inflation results, closer to price stability than the other central banks in the world. And we were published in early 1983 on this. And this started basically a line of my research, which has become basically how do central banks operate and what's the right structure for, for a central bank. I've been working on this issue for better than 35 years. Uh, 37, 38, I, I can't remember if we started in 81 or 82, but somewhere in there. Okay. And so people, so you might, so I have a, an opinion built by a lifetime of research about about the who gets to be on a central bank and then the independence of central banks. The question in the, my mind has always been independent of whom? One key, one key feature of central banks is sometimes they are dependent upon an executive. Sometimes they're dependent on a, a dependent on a legislature or a parliament of one kind or another. In the United States, the pre, it's like a, it's like an ambassadorship or a secretary. The president approves. The president nominates somebody, they are approved by the Senate, and then once they get onto the Federal Reserve Board or become a Federal Reserve Bank president, or bank presidents, in fact, are not chosen by the, by, by the president. They are chosen, indeed, uh, by the governors and by the various districts. Those people, those people are, in fact, independent of both branches of government. They're nominated by the president, they're confirmed by the Senate, but once they're on, they're on. Trump has publicly lamented that he can't fire Powell and is trying to figure out, well, could I? Could I get rid of him? I think he's a terrible mistake. And the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is that unless Jay Powell is found uh, having committed a crime of some kind or some great moral turpitude, um, and I'm not even sure about that these days, you can't. He can't be fired. Now, chairs only have a four-year term. Governors have a fourteen-year term. So, a more keen. I've got to think about. In fact, I'll try to look during the break which seats they're being nominated for. I don't think we know yet because I don't think. But I have to look to see which seats are open. They could potentially serve for longer than fourteen years. This. This is. I think a lot of what concerns people. But I want to come back to the point I started with. Why did I talk about Jamie Dimon? Powell, okay, Paulson, Bernanke, and Geithner all insisted that these folks had to take the money. They had to have the bailout. And these were supposedly the smartest people in the room. These were the people that had the PhDs. And and 
Are you happy with that result? Did the expertise really help us there? Let's come back and talk about that. We've got one more segment coming up. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. <clears throat> Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Have you ever seen a pest controller spraying chemicals in your home? It makes you wonder, if their chemicals are safe, then why do they suit up and wear respirators only to leave you to walk back in unprotected? G'day, I'm Scott from Plug In Pest Free, and I'm here to tell you there's a better way. In an age where we now have the choice to drive electric cars, you too can electronically read your home or business of unwanted rodents and pests. The answer is... Plug-in, pest-free. 100% chemical-free, Plug-in Pest-Free is your safest bet for your family and pets. Our best-seller, the Plug-in Pest-Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Go pestfree.com today. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry. And I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to HighSchoolOfficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. It is so exciting to think that the Lord loves us in such a way that He sent His Son to provide the way for us to be directed perfectly, gently, and effectively. C.S. Lewis bluntly stated this fact, Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. None of us can serve two masters. We try, but we cannot do it. As the hymn says, keep your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. I pray that we can be used by each other to exhort and edify the church and grow the real kingdom. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard. One of the ways we do that is we regularly look to God's Word to examine our hearts and our motives, because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.net. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Final segment for today... Look, uh, 
having spent a lot of time around around these uh, around these uh, uh, central banks, as I have as I said, I, I I wrote the first paper. We wrote the first paper in eighty one and eighty two. We eventually get around to um, we f- eventually write uh, several more papers. Um, my research spins off into doing uh, some work on the inflation tax. Inflation was my was my bailiwick throughout most of the nineteen eighties. Um, what I what I researched, and when uh, I saw the uh, Berlin Wall come down, it was like it, it was you know. And, and I had a side I had a side hustle going on talking about uh, sports, and that, which I maintain to this day. But uh, that's always been like a secondary field for me. Um, I've had three main segments: central bank independence, which central banks, which has remained my focus throughout my career. And then, and then spent about a decade working uh, largely on issues in in Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union. Did some advising in that area, and then and then over the last fifteen years, turned my focus to regional economies, and particularly up here and uh, out here in Greater Minnesota, relative where you are. But my I've maintained this this interest and in, in continue to write about central banks, and probably am more quoted in that field than the other two combined. Uh, among professional economists. So I know something about professional economists. And I'll say, and I know something about them in the, in the central bank field. They got 2008 wrong. I find it ironic and actually kind of funny uh, to read. This is uh, Michael Strain from the American Enterprise Institute, I, uh, a person whose work I've long admired. Um, both, they both seem to believe that the, they both seem to believe, listen to this, this is strain writing, they both seem to believe that the Fed should aim to keep the dollar stable against gold or a broader basket of commodities, rather than attempting to keep overall consumer prices growing at a stable rate and the economy at full employment. Returning to a modified gold standard could lead to disastrous results for the U.S. in global economies. As the Great Recession was beginning in 2008, commodity prices were increasing and the dollar was falling. A modified gold standard prescribes rates, rate increases in this situation when rate cuts what, were what the economy needed. But you got rate cuts, and you still got the Great Recession. Did, they, did Moore and Cain get it wrong in 2008? Probably, but no more or less so than anybody else. And let's remember... Kane and Moore at the time are two. Well, Kane's still working, working for Godfather, and and Moore is is working is working with Heritage and doing a a fair amount of uh, a fair amount of stumping around. But he's a popular speaker. He's not he's not he's not involved in policy making. And more to the point, the Federal Reserve hires dozens upon dozens of PhD economists. Do PhD economists need to have a monopoly on the Fed? I say no. I say that's not necessary. I was reading uh, Paul Meeringoff at, at Powerline. Okay. Um, Trump's nominating. It's true, you know. You know. Uh, um, I don't, protesting that you shouldn't choose him. Yes, I agree. Does he have does he have a little bit of a history? Yes, he has a sexual harassment case against him. It's not clear to me Herman Cain will ever become become governor at the Federal Reserve. 
And if you're upset about him being chosen because you because you think he's not he you know somehow he doesn't have the proper moral standard, awesome. With you on that, be thou consistent. Is all I will say. But to protest about Howard about Herman Cain or to protest about Steve Moore because of a policy position they took in 2008 about the gold standard or because they don't have a Ph.D. in economics or because they haven't written much on monetary policy. The people who did that gave money to banks, whether or not they needed it, taxpayer money, $700 billion worth of money, And the question has to be asked, what was the value of the doctorate? Because you didn't need a Ph.D. in economics to decide that you wanted to shovel money out the door at, at banks. That didn't require, didn't require a degree. What, what, I think we place too much faith in expertise. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And my same, my same uh, issues, my same... Response regarding Steve Moore extends to Herman Cain. Wouldn't be my choice, but I'm not the President of the United States. I'm just King Banyan. We're with you this week. We'll be with you again next week here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you next week. If it was 1990, if it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on that bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Well, thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play Business Radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAB Audiovisual. WNAB Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, 
draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services, so your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.